I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. I'm talking about all set. I'm talking about waking up the God inside of you. I'm talking about when our people are put in situations of adversity, that's when we shine the best. Under pressure, that's when we turn into black diamonds. I was made for this. I'm not a product of the cages that they raised us in. No, no. Bred to be a king, I'm not a slave to this. I was made for 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 this. I'm not a product of the cages that they raise us in. Bred to be a king, I'm not a slave to this. They don't know fact from fiction. They don't know the blacks is missing. They don't know they trapped in prison. They don't know the path to prison was a math decision. They don't know the rap is quicken. They don't know the ass they kissing on the path of mission. To put their ass in prison They don't know black religion Fact and fiction They don't know mama didn't leave them niggas Half the kitchen with half a chicken Fact and fiction We still hot Peace, this is Prince Culture Law And I stay tuned into Necessary Blackness Podcast With Raheem Shabazz This is KB The Voice And you're checking out Necessary Blackness, the podcast. So whenever I'm looking for commentary and insight into our viewpoints, I check out Necessary Blackness. Yo, this is Gosh from OMGP Media, and I'm checking in with Necessary Blackness with Raheem Shabazz. For those of you who are looking for the latest in Nubian styles from locks, braids, crochet braids, silk press, and most importantly, the healthiness of your hair, stop by the Royal Crown Barbershop located in the historical West End of Atlanta, and X for Marley Mahogany. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest in the building with us tonight for Necessary Blacklist, podcast number five. Now, there are actual stars and there are fixed stars. Tonight's guest is an actual star. These actual stars have certain qualities, power, and virtues embodied in them. She is a warrior, goddess, mother, author, and speaker. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a round of applause for Zaza Ali. All right, family, we are back with Necessary Blackness Podcast, and we're going to jump right into it. But before we do that, how you doing, sister? I'm doing very well, brother. Peace to you, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, Peace to your listeners as well, and shout out to Necessary Blackness. I'm definitely proud of you for making your word bond and doing exactly what you said you were going to do. Uh, we're looking forward to you dropping jewels and enlightening the people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate you for stopping by. Um, it's been a minute. I've been definitely trying to get you and your word is bond as well. Because, My word is bond. Yeah. You said you was going to come through and look, you're here right now. Yes, sir. So I want to talk about the video that you put out. It's called Christmas Climax of the Spiritual War. And oftentimes, when we think of war, we symbolize it with a, with a physical struggle. And Marcus Garvey said that the best war that's fought is the ones that don't even have to be fought on the battlefield. Right. And to me, that's like a spiritual war. Right. Can you speak about the Christmas holiday, the Christmas spirit, and the spiritual war that we wage? Absolutely. Well, you know, there was a sister who came and left a comment on my video. Uh, She basically said something like, um, you are giving me this video is giving me life right now. Uh, She's a sister that's in Spain. And she was kind of down because she wasn't able to provide do what she normally does for her children around Christmas time. And, um, you know, it's ironic that as a parent and I'm a mother, I have a son you know, that we could spend our entire years, you know, sacrificing and, and, and struggling and making ends meet or, you know, even those of us who are who are doing a little bit well off, uh, doing kind of better to somehow get caught up in this box at the end of the year where it's a priority for you to purchase things, material things that are not necessarily 
uh, needs. Um, and if you can't do it, that you somehow feel less than, even though you've been providing for your children all year. Um, I said in that, in that video that materialism is our Achilles heel. Uh, black people, because we are not structurally sound, uh, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally, uh, we rely a lot on the physical things that we are able to acquire in order to substitute for, you know, some of the things that we lack. I watched a documentary, um, about these uh these Congolese brothers in okay. Africa. Um it's, they're called Las Sape, I believe that was the name of it. And these brothers live in the slums. And when I say the slums, I'm talking about tin can roof, you know what I mean? Gully gully slums. Wow. These brothers are getting loans and taking every dime that they have and basically going to the ends of the earth to get money to buy luxury suits and luxury shoes and they literally live in the slums you know so it underscores um that when you have a lack of your sense of self and who you are you use material things to supplement uh and to make up for what you know that you lack internally and this is why i always say that the war is spiritual and this is why i always say that until we really start talking about accountability we are not going to be able to build institutions uh, that are going to uh, be successful. You know, you said uh, we spend $465 billion every year on Christmas. I mean, that's an astounding number. Mm -hmm. That is an astounding number. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing that we don't really talk about a lot, you know, around this time, it all, it's always astounding to me how Christmas Eve, the liquor store is packed. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you you know, this is a time when we're supposed to be coming together and celebrating family and celebrating the idea of a savior. And, you know, I don't do religion, but there is a, a an important lesson when it comes to a man dedicating his life to something bigger than himself. Right. So regardless of what your religious background or affiliation is, um, this time of year is supposed to represent a higher concept of a savior and a higher concept of, of being of humanity. But the liquor stores are packed. When you look at the food that we eat during the holiday season, most of the food that black people eat is good. I ain't gonna lie. It's real good. But it's food that is lending to our death. Slave food. Slave food. Exactly. So, you know, if, if we want to combat this spiritual war, um, it is going to take all of us taking accountability for ourselves and, and focusing on uh, the physical, the spiritual, the mental and the emotional well-being of ourselves as individuals. So that means from a physical perspective, you need to be mindful of your diet. You know, you can meditate till you blue in the face. But if you still eating hot fries, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And pork rinds, you wasting your time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So checking your diet, getting in, into some sort of uh, physical practice, whether it's yoga, whether it's uh, karate, whether it's uh, boxing, whether it's, you know, volleyball, swimming, whatever your thing is, um, making sure that you are striving to master yourself from a physical point. Emotionally, most of us as black people in America have emotional baggage, right? Most of us have emotional baggage. Most, a lot of us have still have issues from uh, our background, our families, how we grew up. You know, molestation is is rampant in the black community. is is, is tearing at the fabric a lot of our our children and our unfortunately, unfortunately absolutely. Some of us grew up in in uh, abusive households. You know, some of us grew up without love and in turn don't know how to love. You know, other people. So working at your emotional well being. Some of us need therapy. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about going and seeing a shrink and sit down on the couch. But if that's your thing, the mere fact that you are taking a step towards bettering yourself, for some people, that's going to be it. For other people like me, I read. You know what I mean? If I feel like there is something internal that's, that's bothering me that I need to get at, I'm going to buy every book on it. You know what I mean? Um, and, then, and then I'm studying myself. Um, from a spiritual perspective, whether you want to uh, do meditation um, whether you want to get into other forms of, of spiritual enlightenment from Buddhism to um, uh, Eastern sciences of thought to African spiritualism, you know, working towards your spiritual uh, uh, betterment every single day. And then mentally, and we're, we're still talking about the spiritual war. All of these things are a part of the spiritual war if we want to get from up under this. Mentally, sharpening your mind. Some people don't even read. 
and, and still sharp and still, so you got to be around those who mind is just as sharp Absolutely. as yours. Absolutely. Absolutely. So reading, not just the content that you're reading, but the fact that you are taking the steps every day to sharpen yourself mentally, it goes a long way. We were just talking about TV and how you were saying, you know, when you watch TV, it makes you, it make, basically makes you think slower. It makes you, your brain slower. Yeah. And I say, yeah. Three to four, three to four uh, waves down. Okay. And then I said, yeah, I said, but if you read a lot, you know what I mean? Then it's going to balance that out. Now, of yeah. course, most people who read a lot aren't spending a lot of time watching TV, yeah. but it's a different type of effect when you constantly are sharpening your mind and keeping your, 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 your mental capacity at a, at a faster pace, at a more, at a sharper pace. If you sit down and watch a television, a television show for an hour or a movie for two hours, it's going to have a different effect. So making sure that we go after all four of those things and find your own recipe. I'm so I'm so done with with this whole thing where people are trying to tell people what's going to work for them. And I say even, you know, with the struggle, the black struggle, the struggle, the liberation struggle, like I don't I'm not the type of person that's going to tell our people that you have to put yourself on the back burner in order to move the struggle forward. No, I self Lord and master. You know what I mean? You have to be first. Self-preservation is the first law of nature. So we're bringing people together who are not even internally sound and trying to build institutions and organizations. And this is why we are not successful. So for everybody, we know that the spiritual war is is on and popping. And we know that the Internet and the, the television has brought the war right into our households. You know, the homosexuality is rampant and the effeminization of the black man, the cattiness of women. You know, I watched Real Housewives of Atlanta one day. I was in a, a hotel room and I'm just flipping through the channels and I, it came on and it was a reunion show. And I said, let me see what this is about. Brother, when I tell you I watched that show for about 25 minutes, literally when I finished, my jaws were tight. I had so much tension in my face and in my mouth. Like I wanted to fight. You know how you feel. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? When, when it's about to go down, you know. I felt like I wanted to fight and I had to kind of pull back and be like, wait a minute, what just happened? You know what I mean? That is a spiritual war when you are minding your own business, doing your own life. You know what I mean? And you turn something on a television that turns you into a frustrated being to the point where you feel like you could punch a hole in the wall. Wow. You know what I mean? So. In the black community, uh, you know, we could I, I, we could do a whole show on this subject. But I think that just for us to be mindful um, of the images we see on the billboards, of the images we see in the television, you can't avoid it. No. But know what it is with that that you're looking at when you're looking at it. Yeah, you got to be able to decipher and decode it. Absolutely. And I, I definitely agree with what you said, you know, um, correlating this with Christmas. We know it's the biggest hoax. And when folks spend all their money just to go broke and get high off of Jesus, then we're in a bad situation. So we got to come up out of that. And another thing that you hit on that, that was real crucial is self-care. You know, we have to care for ourselves. Like you said, our self-lord and master, right. self-preservation. So y'all heard it right here, Zaza Ali dropping jewels. We got to get it right, family. We're going to get in right into it with my next question, and it's in regards to your book, The Scientific Interventions in Our Affairs, Black Matters. You speak about chemtrails, lead poisoning, and its effect on the human psyche. Do you think this is what's causing our people to be low-frequency slaves? And there's consciousness and there's vibration that's not matched to the message that we are getting because a lot of people are waking up to the message, but it seems like they're not vibrating on that frequency where they putting that message into activation. Cause it's one thing to know. And then it's another when you are able to apply it and activate that in your life and your daily struggle. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Well, and you know, I, I said this, we, I, I did a uh, panel discussion at Cal state university, Cal state long beach university uh, about a month ago. And I told the people, you know, after we got into the, the into the meat of the conversation, I said, you know, what's funny? I said, we have about 100, maybe 150 people in this room right now. I said, if we actually said, OK, let everybody in this room put your name in a hat or and we're going to start a group where we're going to do some fundraising in order to do A, B, C or D. I said 100 of those people out of those 100 people, probably 85 to 90 percent would actually put their names in, in the hat. I said after about a month, 
they'd come forward and probably be serious. Uh, maybe 75% of those people would actually come forward and be serious about the commitment. After about a month, that number would drop down to about 60%. Six months in, you probably want to be at about 40% participation of the people who initially came to the event. So when they come to the event, that means they already have some level of consciousness. Came to the event, then they signed up to be a part of this organization or to be a part of this uh uh, of this intention. By the time six months pass, you're going to be at about 40% of people who actually said they were going to be a part of it, who actually claim to be about the business of black people. But when it all boils down to it, the real commitment that it takes is not there. See, we've gone from church on Sunday where you come in and you listen to the pastor to now we have the lecture circuit where people come in and they listen and they get a feel good message but something is lacking that is not motivating people to leave and to go out and become the message. It's never about the leader. It's never about one person. You have to become the message. If the message resonates with you, then you should be taken at wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Our people have a serious savior complex and they are waiting for somebody to tell them what to do. I hear this all the time and it is so baffling to me. And I, and, I, and I say this tongue in cheek because I know that a lot of people are, are looking for leaders are looking for guidance, I should say. So I don't mean to be disrespectful. I know that, you know, a lot of us are lost, but it's very perplexing to me in 2016 how we have so much information at our fingertips and you get you have a panel discussion or you have a lecture or you write a book. And the first people, th- the first thing people say is, I don't want to talk about the problem. What's the solution? you tell me what's your solution I'm going to tell you mine I'm going to tell you mine but I want you to tell me yours first and then people get stuck because we have this we don't know how to get off the breast we don't know how to cut the umbilical cord we don't know how to take responsibility for our own selves and for our own lives and this is why I always say accountability first we are putting a cart before the horse we're not building people we're building followers Mm, I don't want nobody. I don't want nobody following me. My goal is not to be a leader of people. It comes with the territory because I know I'm a natural leader. But the the thing that qualifies me more than anything is that my only goal is to lead myself. If as I lead myself, I can lead you, then you know what I mean. Give all the glory to God. I I I just did a you know did several videos on my YouTube channel and I was fasting. And I'm telling the people I'm fasting because I'm still striving to get this thing right. You know what I mean? Every day I get up and put my best foot forward. I have flaws. I have things that I'm working on. But the thing that qualifies me is because I'm striving to get it right. We are waiting for people to tell us what to do when we've had leader after leader, after scholar, after religious leader, after historian. You know what I mean? We've had so many people to come among us and give us blueprints. And we still have not taken that information and moved it forward. So, you know, whether it's Jesus or whether it's, you know what I mean, Allah or whether it's or whether it's whoever's coming to talk on Friday, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever day they're coming to talk. We have savior complexes and we're waiting for other people to tell us to do what we should already know how to do. So back to your original question. Chemtrails and lead poisoning. I absolutely think that this is a big part of what is going on. And this was the reasoning behind me writing the scientific war uh, intervention in our affairs, because I'm standing back in Oakland when I first noticed chemtrails. And I did. I, I noticed chemtrails because I was looking up in the sky. This is a big thing now that people are not paying attention to what's going on around them. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking up in the sky and I'm seeing something that's not looking right. My third eye is jumping now. And so I start studying and I start researching it. Then I started learning about lead poisoning. I was already aware of fluoridation. Um, As I started to learn about lead poisoning, when I was in college, I did a group project where I basically went and studied high levels of crime areas in Oakland, East Oakland in particular, and their direct uh, correlation, their direct proximity, excuse me, to the manufacturing sector. 
So basically, in high levels of manufacturing, where there are high traffic, uh, highly trafficked trucking industries and glass and metal and things like that, the, there is a high level of pollution in the air. If it's in the air, it's in the water. Absolutely. So I'm, I made the, the, the co- correlation between the high levels of, uh, of uh, toxicity in the water, particularly lead, and high levels of crime in those areas. Now you look at a, at a place like Chicago, and I talk about this in the book. Chicago has some of the highest levels of lead in the country. Flint, Michigan, was one of, was the murder capital of the world at one time. You remember when yeah, uh, what's the brother's name? The rapper was it MC Breed? Yeah, MC Breed. MC when MC Breed was popular, Flint was the murder capital of the country. Yeah, now we come that. to find out that there's high, very high levels of lead poisoning in that area. And also Baltimore. Baltimore, absolutely. Freddie Gray. Freddie, Freddie Gray was a victim of lead poisoning. And they actually, this is a, a, a pivot to what you're saying, but they actually have companies who go out and find brothers and sisters who have got lead poisoning settlements, right? So you, you, sue, you sue the city of Baltimore or you sue your landlord because you find out that there's high levels of lead in your water and in your house, right? So you get a settlement of $100,000. The sharks in suits now are looking for people who are getting lead settlements and they come to you and say, look, you got this $100,000 uh, uh, payoff. They're only going to give you the money over a course of 20 years. Instead of you getting that money in payoffs in payoffs over the course of 20 years, I'll give you 30000 right now. Wow. You sign your $100,000 over to me. They did this to Freddie Gray's grandmother. Hmm. They're doing this to people, poor people, all across the country. You know what I mean? So benefiting from people's... <laughs> From people's poverty. And also the sister that uh, got executed by uh, the police Gaines. officer. Yes. Yeah. Karen she had Gaines. Karen Ga- Corinne Gaines. Corinne. And this was the point that I was trying to make in a video that I did addressing that. And people came back and said, well, you're making excuses for her. Excuse me. Do you understand that one of the... the, the um, Leading cause of lead poison? Well... No, one of the, the uh, when you get lead poisoning, the effect. one of the effects is that you bec- you cannot control yourself. You become out of control. This is how it leads to high levels of, of, uh, of uh, violence. Mm. So, yes, uh, Corinne Gaines, uh, that should have been a warning call for us, right? That should have been a wake-up call. When I moved out here, the first thing I did was check the, the, water, the water and the air quality in my area. I said, okay, the water quality is not that good here. That means I won't be drinking tap water at all. Mm -hmm. I don't even boil tea water with tap water here. So wherever you are, wherever you live at, you might need to get a filtration system on your water, but you need to check first. Having the mindset to even check is the first thing that we have to do. And then, of course, there are other things we we can and should be doing. Uh, Chemtrails is a, is a, is a, a, a really under-discussed thing that is happening, not in just in the black community, but the world over. They are poisoning our skies. They are thinning out the ionosphere. There's a lot of stuff, and it also goes into harp and frequencies and vibrations and whatnot. So it's it's a, a long conversation that deals with that. But there's a lot of remedies, um, such as uh, bentonite clay, such as doing uh, sauna steams, uh, sweating out all the poisons oh, and the toxins. Okay. Um, cilantro is another thing that is really beneficial to removing toxic toxins from your system. A lot of different things that you can do in order to combat that war. That's good that you say that. You see, we're not only talking about the problem. She's giving us solutions to this problem. Hey, what's going on? This is Dane Reed, the voiceover guy. You've heard my voice on radio commercials, television commercials, corporate narrations, and a lot of voicemail. And now... I'm available to you. This voice can be yours. If you've got a business and need a voice to speak for your business, give me a shout. Check out my website at www.daneredmedia.com. D-A-N-E-R-E-I-D-M-E-D-I-A.com. Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back. And you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness Podcast. Stay tuned. If you're interested in having your product or website featured on Necessary Blackness we will do a 30-second commercial for you. Hit us up at Necessary Blackness Podcast at Gmail. All right, family, we're back. And this is the second part of our candid interview with Zaza Ali. Earlier when we was talking, we talked about TV and the effect that it has on a person's psyche. And we know that when you sit down in front of a TV, it slows your brainwave length down to three to four uh, waves per second. 
And what it does is it arrests your critical thinking. And I want to go to Donald Trump. You know, we was inundated with him on the news and it really took a toll on people. And the real toll happened when he actually won that election. Um, I know that Dr. Francis Cress Wellsen had a big influence on you. Mm -hmm. And she was one of the people that predicted that Trump will be our next president. Mm -hmm. And she said Donald Trump's Trump card is the race card in the system of white supremacy. Can you talk about what his election and him winning the highest office in the United States, what type of effect it's going to have on the world over, and what type of effect it's going to have us as melanated people? Well, it already is having the effect, and he hasn't even taken office yet. You know, I noticed that right after the... Um, after the results came in, as I was moving throughout Atlanta, and I think I even shared this with you, I had a couple of incidents with uh, a white lady and a white man where I had to, you know what I mean, I had to put them in their place. Um, but they had very arrogant, um, you know, and what could have been demeaning postures if I didn't know who I was. Um, I noticed that a lot of our people here in the South tend to be a little bit more careful when they interact with white people out here. Docile. Docile, definitely. Um, and it's unfortunate because in both of those situations, particularly with the with the white man in Whole Foods, um, you know, once I checked him, told him it was he was a devil and that he was acting like a savage in front of all of the people in front of the store, he backed up off of me. Mm. Um, so, and not to say that you have to go out calling people's de people devils or savages. He just was acting like a devil and he wouldn't let it go. So I really had to turn up on him. And then he went and, you know, he went and uh, got up out of my face. But if you carry yourself in a way that demands respect, which is what I did in both of those instances, you know, it's going to have hopefully a righteous effect. Um, but then you also have to be mindful that we're dealing with unrighteous people. So um, we're going to have to start challenging a lot of the foolishness that we deal with, because once they, you know, they'll dip their toe in the water to see, you know what I mean, how cold the water is, how hot the water is. And if they see that they can try you, they will try you. Um, and so to your question, um, there is a very high pitched tension in the air. People are either extremely scared or extremely proud or extremely angry, or extremely stressed out, or extremely sad, or ex extremely numb, you know, and there is a lot of, um, it's like, there's all of these different personalities and things that are, that are out in the air, people are getting pulled in all different directions, and so if you don't have the ability to be a critical thinker, and to think for yourself, you know, we heard about all these fake news stories on Facebook, and it's so funny to me because I always, I've been on social media for about three months, but when I was on, I would always see people sharing fake news. <laughs> and I would always, you know, I, I can look at the headline and tell if it's fake. And people share this stuff because they're either trying to get attention from the other people they're connected with, or they're trying to make it seem like they read and study and they really don't. So if you are sharing information on your Facebook, on your Twitter, like this is, yes, it's just social media, but it's also a representation of you, right? Absolutely. Your Twitter page, your Facebook page, your YouTube page are all a reflection of you, right? Absolutely. So if you are sharing fake news, regardless of if there is a, a behind the scenes agenda to, you know, to make people stupid or whatever, if you're falling for the okie doke, this is a representation of you. So instead of just sharing things, I always say when people put, when I put stuff up and people share it two minutes later and then turn around and put up a comment and question me, I'm like, you didn't even read the article. It takes five minutes to read the article. Yeah. How are you questioning me and you haven't even taken the time to read the article? This, and this is basics one-on-one, bro. We're not even talking about reading Blueprint for Black Power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is a, what, 900-page book. We're talking about articles on social media. If we still haven't taken time to refine the way we carry ourselves on social media and this is where you can put out into the world whatever you want to that is just a small microcosm of what you really stand for in real life so i'm going to tell people be very mindful about the stuff that you put up on social media right now we've seen multiple cases in the past year where 
the brother in Dallas who ended up doing the police shootings. The sister in Sekhmet, Sekhmet was her name in Georgia. Mm -hmm. She made some real off-the-cuff comments about uh, white people in her video. The brother who burned the flag in front of the school. I Eric believe it was Shepherd. Eric Shepard, right? So once you get, once they put this zone in on you, they'll go back through your social media pages and say, see, look at what she said on this date. Not only look at what she said, look at what the people in the thread say, right? So all of these things, and then they have racist redneck sites on Facebook. I'm, oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a whole nother world. We go to the black power African consciousness sites, right? Trying to edify and uplift our people. They have sites that are dedicated to the racist, right neck, redneck, pro-Trump agenda. So in looking at all of this, all of these extreme measures of energy, of consciousness, of ignorance, everything seems heightened right now. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can go out into the street and you, you feel somebody's energy and you're ready to take off or, or you feel like a fight is about to break down. This is the time now where you got to really, really, really be in touch with yourself. And in tune with yourself. Because you'll get caught up in this madness easily. Look at the, the foolishness that's going on online right now with some of our people. Some of our brothers, so right? Called conscious community. But yeah. check out what I do, though. I read the comments. These people are in the comments screaming and hollering and volleying like, that's my man. I'm going to go to the end of the earth to protect him. Bro, you don't even know him. Yeah. You don't even know this man. Someone you just met online, a figment of your imagination. You know what I'm saying? And yes, he might have good intentions. And yes, he may do some good. But stop acting like you don't see this foolishness. Yeah. Stop acting. You know what I'm saying? It's like all of us have good and bad qualities about us. And we've gotten so lost. And we are so behind in, in consciousness and in higher states of being that we'll take all of the good, right? And we'll ignore the bad. The bad is just as obvious as the good. The bad is smack dab in your face. And you won't talk about the bad because all you want to talk about is the good because you're so thirsty for water, right? We in a desert, we thirsty for water. But you see this foolishness happening in your face and you won't address it. But guess what? The 12 and the 13 and the 14 and the 15 year olds are watching this. They don't know how to decipher the foolishness from the realness because everything else speaks to the foolishness. Yeah. The foolishness is on TV. The foolishness is on the radio. So you think you dropping jewels, but you acting like a nigga. So they resonate more with the nigga than the, than the jewels you dropping. Yeah, and that's a shame in itself. You mixing truth with falsehood. So what are you really doing? What do you really represent? And then they think it's just them battling on videos, right? And I'm not speaking to nobody in particular. You know who I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm not really even talking about anybody specific because this has been going on for a long time now. Yeah. And it's not just brothers in the so-called conscious community. It's the ones that say, I ain't in the conscious community too. So it's been going on for years now. And now it's in the people. Mm -hmm. I was, I remember we were doing, um, what was it? It was something that, that I was, uh, uh, event I was a part of. Oh, it was the, the Warriors Conference, right? So we have what, five, six different people that were coming on to speak. I'm hosting the one in Atlanta. And I'm reading the comments. And they're like, I love him. That's my dude. Nah, F him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I ain't with him. That's my dude right there. Like, these are, we're not talking about comic book heroes. <laughs> this is not the WWF. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to pick a side. Pick truth. Yeah. That's the guide. That's the guy from here on. It has to be the guy from here on out because we get lost in the personality. We deny the, the foolishness and the ignorance. We get caught up in a few jewels, right? You watching a, a video and you get a few jewels, but you finish watching the video and you need to go smoke a blunt because you don't, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you in turmoil inside of yourself and you don't even know why. You know what I think it is also? It goes back to what you were saying earlier, where our people are looking for a Same. messiah, yeah. this leadership. Yeah. And what we have to do as a people, we have to look for leadership within ourselves. Absolutely. I always tell people that the choir is louder than the soloist. Mm -hmm. So I would rather a million voices speaking and moving as one yeah. than for us to look up to one person. Absolutely. Because a lot of times, these are self-appointed leaders. You know, one of the things that J. Edgar Hoover said was that this was after the killing of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. He said there'll never be another black savior, 
unless we create them. Yeah. And a lot of these so-called leaders are created by the FBI. Yeah. So we have to be mindful of those that are in the forefront and that are taking on these so-called leadership roles. Now, I'm not saying all of them are FBI agents, but many of them are. Well, and some of them are agents and they're not on the payroll. Yeah. And when I say that, I mean they may not have been hired by, you know what I'm saying, the FBI or, or whoever. They may not be on the payroll, but they're still doing their work. Oh, yeah, if you absolutely. are creating a climate of discord and of argument and of, of disrespect and a climate where people are coming and, and the only thing they want to do when they leave is fight, you know what I'm saying? You want to tear some shit up, but you ain't building nothing. You want to tear some shit down, but you ain't building nothing up. Yeah, we got to destroy and rebuild. No doubt. And that's part of what frustrates me because I hear, you know, we need to unify. You know what I'm saying? Stop talking about, you know, forget that. We need to unify. No, we need to kick a few doors in first. And I don't want to unify with everybody. I can't unify with somebody, but that's not in alignment with where, my, where, where I am. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? That don't mean that I'm going to go out, out on a limb to destroy you. No, all I got to do is be the light. Yeah. <laughs> and let the people decide. Like Elijah Muhammad said, put the clean glass next to the dirty glass and let the people decide, right? So how does all of this tie into Donald Trump? We are in so much chaos. We are in so much chaos. We ain't even ready for that war yet. It's coming. It's already here. I'm the worst, about no, you know I know yeah. what you're saying. But if we go back to the spiritual war, right? Yeah. It's already here. Oh, yes, absolutely. I drive past a house when I take my son to school that has pickaninnies in the yard. Black face pickaninnies in the yard wow. with a Confederate flag flying. The war's already here. You know what I'm saying? But if we as a people, if we fighting over whether you whether you use the term nigga, if we fighting over whether Kemet of 10,000 years ago was greater than the Hebrew Israelites and you know what I'm saying? We I was having a conversation with my with my good friend earlier. And we were talking and agreeing, and we both basically said it at the same time. If the if the ancient knowledge of Kemet and the Sumerian texts and all of these great ancestors that we had uh, ten thousand years ago, fifty thousand years ago, if we can't use that knowledge to raise our people today, then it's dead. It's useless. It's dead. What am I gonna do with the metal netter right now? If I how am I gonna decipher the metal netter to stop crack cocaine, to stop prostitution? To stop brothers from beating up on women. To stop women from exploiting themselves and selling their bodies and playing games with our children's minds. What am I going to do with the metal netter? It's good to know, but... It's great to know. My whole foundation is built on history, bro. You know I'm a yeah. history buff. Well, but I... I couldn't figure out how we went from there to crack cocaine. And you know what? i seen an eight-hour lecture <laughs> on... De deciphering the code of the meta netter. That Bruh. don't make no sense. Bruh. I Bruh. couldn't sit there and watch Bruh, there's that. a there's there's a time and a place for that. Yeah. Right? Me and I am a I'm a I'm a student of history. You know what I mean? I can sit through those lectures. It was more important for me ten years ago than it is today. Ten years ago, my ear my antennas would have been all the way up. I would have been taking notes, I would have got the book, you know what I'm saying? Now, looking at where we are, looking at what's going on, because as bad as we think it's been, just wait. Mm-hmm. Just wait. And it's not just about Donald Trump's getting ready to cut food stamps. He's getting ready to cut welfare because white people benefit from that way more than we do. It's not just about that. It's about the, the demoralization that's coming. Yeah. The, demoral, the, the constant blatant disrespect. Donald Trump puts up a treat that makes a tweet. You know what I'm saying? That makes you want to slap the shit out of somebody. <laughs> he all in your head. Yeah. Only because he's the president now. He was doing it five years ago. It didn't matter. Today, he's the face of America. So now they've been talking about how I was watching uh, something on Al Jazeera news and they were talking about how, you know, America's stock as far as how it looks to people around the world has fallen. Because, you know, Obama represented the way the majority of people around the world look. The, he represented melanated people, even if he didn't do anything for melanated people. Just the visual of him and his family yeah. represented higher ideals that, you know, our children could ascribe to. Now we see, you know what I'm saying? The red face and he is red face, you know, comb over, you know what I'm saying? Hell man. $5,000 suit, you know what I'm saying? And he's arrogant with it. He ain't even trying to make you feel like he likes you, like he likes you. 
like he wants anything to do with you. That in itself represents, every time you look at this dude, it, it represents, it does something to your energy. So if you're not on your square, you know what I'm saying? If you sitting up watching CNN, by the time you finish watching 15 minutes, you're ready to blow a hole at somebody. Ready to fight. You know what I'm saying? So, man, we as a people, like right now is really, really, really the time to get on your dean. You're, I'm talking about, you know, the, the preparedness thing is one thing. Making sure you stocked with, with water. And this is not end of the world, you know what I'm saying, making people scared. No, we don't do that. We don't, we don't represent that. We represent proper planning. You know what I'm saying? So if you make it sure that, it, just in case, especially if you in the South. Yeah. Just in case. You should have this stuff anyway. Water, perish goods. Uh, excuse me, perish non-perishable foods. Uh, in your house, whether it's peanuts and dried fruits and things that you can eat if if there is a natural disaster. So we're not just talking about somebody kicking in your door. You know what I'm saying? No, we ain't talking about that. We're talking about if a tornado bl- blows through your city or flash floods, because trust and believe they are med- they are uh, changing the weather, manipulating the weather. With the chemtrails. They're absolutely manip- manipulating the weather. And then not only that, um, remember... It was, I think it was a couple of years ago, maybe one or two years ago, they had a situation where they had a gas shortage. The gas shortage. You the, know, people was freaking out. So totally they, freaking out. You, know, you remember so, what happened in Atlanta? Yeah. They had a little bit of snow and people freaked out. Yeah. So Houston. Got, yeah. You got to be able to have stuff in your house when yes. you say, I don't even need to go out for I don't even need to days. go out. Three, four days, exactly. everything will be back to normal. Absolutely. But it, it was almost like the end of the world out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, and, and, and I'm not just, you know, in Houston, they had a, a tornado that didn't even end up being that bad. But you literally had like four million people trying to rush to get out of the city at one time. Like stuck traffic jams, people running out of gas, sitting on the freeway, can't go anywhere, can't do anything. Like we really got to start thinking about our lives. Not today, but our lives in general. And it ain't just chemtrails. Mother Nature is always at play. You know what I'm saying? Who makes rain, hell, snow? You know what I mean? Mother Nature is always at is always at play. So what? So whether an earthquake hits, because trust me, America's under divine judgment. This land is seeped in the in the blood of our ancestors, in the in the blood of the Native Americans. You think there ain't no price to pay for that? And that's why the hurricanes where they come from. They come from the, 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 well, they say that they, they are the shark, the patterns of the sharks, that the shark pattern were, patterns were altered because of the, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not answering your question directly. They come from the West Coast of South Africa, yeah. right? But they also say that the shark patterns, because of the amount of slaves that were overthrown on the boats, that it totally changed the migration of the sharks between Africa and the Americas, uh, including South America. That's because it. of the blood? Because of the blood, because they were eating the bodies. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So you see that, man? She's here. She's dropping history on us. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I definitely uh, appreciate you coming by. I want to discuss one more thing. This is a situation that happened in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, with mm-hmm. a police officer. Did you see that video? Uh, to remind me, what we talking about? This is where a young lady called the police mm-hmm. because her, her, her seven-year-old son was um, assaulted mm-hmm. by a white neighbor. Did mm-hmm. you see that? Did I didn't you know? see the video. Oh, you didn't see the video? No. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit. Well, um, give, me, give, me the, give me the breakdown. I mean, you know, they all yeah, the same. Yeah, you know they, they, they're all the same. <laughs> yeah. So she calls the police. Um, when the video comes on, you see the police talking to the white neighbor. Mm-hmm. You can't really see what they're talking about. But he has a calm, cool demeanor. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he walks over to... Um, the, the lady that called the police, whose mm-hmm. son was assaulted, mm-hmm. and he pretty much says, um, he said that your son littered in his yard. She said, my son didn't litter in his yard. He was like, how do you know that? She was like, wait, wait, wait. Even if he did litter in the yard, that doesn't justify him assaulting my son. Right. And then he told her pretty much that you need to teach your son not to litter. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a problem with that. You already accused her son of littering when you had no eyewitness. Mm-hmm. And this is the complaining witness, the complainant that called the police. Mm-hmm. You arguing with her. You never argued with the with the white police officer. So naturally, you know, tempers flared. She got upset. Her voice went up a couple of tones higher than his. And right. you could see that he was getting aggravated. Her daughter 
said, no, listen, Ma, we're not doing this, and kindly stepped in between. Mm -hmm. Do you know this officer wrestled both of them to the ground Mm -hmm. and pretty much assaulted them and arrested them? Mm -hmm. And it's just just crazy, you know. And one of the things that her lawyer said is that, you know, people are always painting this narrative that this is... uh, uh, this is just one bad apple in a bunch. Right. There's not no bad apple. The whole entire barrel is spoiled and infested. Yeah. You know, that, that was one of the things the lawyer was saying. And, and it's true. We got to stop saying it's just one cop. To me, it's all of them. Well, you know, it's because, nothing to prove. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you, you know what? I always look and I listen to the press conference that happened. My yeah. chief of police, he said that... When he watched the video, it was disturbing, mm-hmm. right? And they didn't fire the officer. They, they, I guess, you know, they're doing an ongoing investigation or whatever. But he said the video is disturbing, but there's a difference between being rude and being, and being racist. <laughs> and he can't say racism played a part in this. Now, how, how, how does that not happen where you have a seven-year-old child who mother called the police, and then you see her, the police interaction with her as opposed to the white neighbor. Right. And then not only that, you got called out to come to a scene where someone was complaining about their neighbor. He never took a police report. Well, you know, this this is there was a case a few years ago in that same area. I don't think it was in Fort Worth, but it was on the outskirts of that same area. McKinley? No, not McKinley. Not McKinley. Uh, There's so many of them. Right, exactly. That's why when you said, have you seen the video? I'm like, no, but I I think I have enough experience to to speak on the subject, right? There was a case where two little brothers, I think they were right around that same age, maybe seven or eight, are riding in a little Jeep, right? You know, little little cars, man-made cars for Mm -hmm. for children. And um, they're riding, and this woman takes her Jeep. They weren't in a Jeep. They were in one of the little cars. This woman takes her Jeep and rams her car into these little boys. Now, they didn't die. They were hurt. They were taken to the hospital, whatever. But she runs her car smack dab into these little boys right in Texas outside of the Fort Worth area. Wow. Okay. Now, you talk about a spiritual war. I didn't know nothing about that case. You watch this video. I know you, as a black man watching this video, was fired up. Oh, absolutely. You get so angry. Absolutely. Because we don't do anything to deserve this, especially when our children come come at play. But now here's the bigger question. How many things has this white man done to this little boy that he wasn't able to really verbally express that have been eaten away at his at the fabric of his soul before this incident happened? Yeah. How you gonna live next door to a racist? Mm-hmm. How you gonna put your child in that, t- in, that in that type of con- circumstance? And you know, I know this is not a, a an indictment on this sister. Because I know, you know, we all, we do, we do what we got to do. You know what I'm saying? You live where you can, you afford what you can. But this is the bigger picture. One of the reasons why I moved to Atlanta. If it go down, everybody in my neighborhood look like me. Everybody. Mm-hmm. I know they got my back. Same here. Ain't, there's no way in the world I would be, and you can't tell me that this incident had to happen to know this dude wasn't cool. Yeah. It ain't no way in the world I'm going to have my son living next door to no racist. None. So the lesson for all of us, wherever you at, California, Texas, and if you in Texas, you really got to be on guard. You know what I mean? Georgia, New York, wherever you at, be mindful of your surroundings because we are putting our children in harm's way. Trayvon Martin. Absolutely. You got a dude who's paroling and patrolling the area who's a known racist. And let's let's recognize he talking about the difference between being you said rude yeah and being a racist no racism anytime you add an ism to the end of a word it denotes a way of life it denotes a an institution if you will so you can have a racist educational system you can have a racist uh, police system you can have a racist law prison enforcement system. the prison industrial complex these things denote racism we can't have a racist meeting because our meeting doesn't have anything to do with any institution now if we had a actual organization that was uh, putting forth a racist agenda that affected other people's lives 
then yes. But the difference is that's prejudice when you come together and talk about the, pop, the, the, system, the pop problems in racism, white supremacy. That's prejudging people when you expect police officers to be racist. That's, a, that's prejudice. But when you work for a system, when you as a white man can be wrong, assault a child, and then call the system, and the system comes and backs you up, that's racism. To the 10th power. To the 10th power. And then the officer arrives, and now the officer escalates the situation. He's supposed to be there to make peace. He He's supposed him. to be there to protect the seven-year-old. Forget yeah. the mother. Forget the neighbor. He's supposed to be protecting the child. He's escalated it. That's racism. That's power. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to close this point, you better know who your neighbors are. Mm-hmm. You better know. You, that don't mean you got to go to the door and, and take a pie. You know what I mean? And say, hi, nice to meet you. But you better know this is where the spiritual war comes in. You better be able to pick up on that energy. And you know what that makes me think about? That makes me think about uh, a quote that Martin Luther King said. He said, there are three ways to fight oppression. He said, you can do it nonviolently, you can do it violently, and you can do it with uh, passive aggression, right? Yeah. But there was a fourth that he never spoke about. And that's what Elijah Muhammad spoke about. And that's complete and total separation from your open enemy. Yeah. And that's what we have to do. Elijah Muhammad said that separation is greater than prayer. Yeah. And that is a profound statement. And yeah. that's what we need to do. We need to separate ourselves from those who do not have our best interests at heart and that wish to do us harm. But more so than anything, whether we separate ourselves from them or not, we are still human beings, and we must fight for our own humanity, right? So that's why uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had put up on Facebook that when it comes to the black woman, that we need to spend every, we need to spend the last dime in our treasury and use the last bullet in our arsenal to make sure that she's respected and protected. So you know, there was no brothers out there involved from yeah. the camera view. I just seen the police and the neighbor. We can't have people jumping on our sisters. Absolutely. As soon as actions like that be uh, uh, rectified, it, it will stop. Yeah. You know, but we have to make it stop. Jumping on our sister and jumping on our children. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. The children, and, the children, and, definitely not. So, so let me just underscore this point. You know, because I know when we say separation is a must. You know what I mean? If me and you know that. You know, we know what it takes to do that. A lot of times. Like in her situation, for instance, I don't know where her financial situation is. I don't know if she can afford to up and move. You know what I'm saying? I don't mm-hmm. know what her, I don't know what it is. But the point is, even if you can't physically move, the mental and yeah. spiritual separation. So when you come in contact with a person, if you live with a neighbor, you know what I'm saying? You should already picked up on the energy. You can look at a person, especially if you open, if you if you awoke, you should be able to look at a person and read the energy, read the aura. You know what I'm saying? Look at the facial expressions. And if you get that, that especially in Texas, come on now. Yeah. If you picking up some warning signs as a black woman, stay out of that yard. Yeah. Don't even look at that man when you walk by his house. Not like you should be scared of him, but like he's a devil. You know what I'm saying? He's not even worthy of you even standing on his grass. Preparing your children for the reality of this war. You know what I'm saying? To the point where you don't even have to have an altercation about your child littering on somebody's grass. That dude right there is not cool. So you need to be have your, be on your P's and Q's when he is around. This is how we have to start thinking and maneuvering. And if you are in a position, especially if you're in a middle class type neighborhood, then you decide where you want to live. You know what I'm saying? If you can decide, by all means, if you're not in a position to really decide or make a move, then you have to start preparing yourself for the reality of your circumstances. That's what the spiritual war and combating the spiritual war is really about. You internally knowing your surroundings, knowing what you got to do in order to survive and then thrive beyond just surviving. All right. All right. So y'all see that? Like I said before, it ain't just about telling you what the problem is. We're bringing solutions to these problems. I want to thank you for coming by. And in closing, is there anything that I didn't ask you, that I should have asked you, or that you want to say in your last closing words? 
Um, I, you know, uh, definitely want to send love and respect to, um, you know, the family, all the people that have supported me and show me love. Um, I know I have a lot of love around the world and I, I do appreciate each and every one of you for all of the messages, all of the positivity. Um, I haven't been on social media for three months, you know what I mean? So I'm not really, uh, in tune with that aspect of the media, even though I know it's not pretty much, it's not any much different than it was when I was on there. I will be reactivating my social media accounts probably right around the beginning of the year. Um, my website is www.zazaali.com. You can go there to purchase books and merchandise uh, to read my blogs. I have some new blogs that I've written that I'm going to be putting up soon. I'm, I edit myself to the 10th degree. <laughs> um, I'm a writer. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, you can go there to read my blogs. Um, I have a lot of new content up on my YouTube page. Uh, it's ZAli2012. That's Z like Zaza. Z-A-L-I-2012. Go there and subscribe to my page and you can get all of my content. And um, I'm going to be, you know, doing some more traveling upcoming, you know, uh, making sure I put up a lot of content and just really trying to raise the bar on the conversation. You know what I mean? Raise the bar on how you see yourself, how you see the world. You know what I mean? You asked the question about Trump and how we're seen around the world. Like the planet is 196,940,000 square miles. You know what I mean? There is no way that me at 38 years old that I am going to be limited to, you know what I mean, this being having lived in Oakland and Atlanta. Like, I want to see the whole entire world, and I want my people to see the world. I want us to see not just our people around the world, but the grandness and the beauty and the divinity of this planet. And when you look at and marvel at how powerful and beautiful the Earth is, you know, it, it, it wakens a certain, a different level of consciousness in you. And, you know, you, you know, I love nature. So I, I want to stress upon us to get back in touch with nature, go on walks. You know what I mean? Take a 30, 40 minute drive outside of, of the city, wherever you at, find, you know, a local hiking mountain or a lake or a beach or, you know, find out what, what there is in close, close pro pro proximity to you. Find a train that will take you there. Find a bus that will take you there. Start planning, you know, trips once a month where you can get out of the concrete jungle and start to get back in touch with God. Because that's what this is really about. All of it. Whether it's we talk about the 400 year sojourn for slavery, whether we talk about civil rights, whether we talk about the wars between Kemet and Nubia, whether we talk about the Greeks and the Romans coming in and invading Africa, all everything that has happened to us and that has happened in the history of this planet is all to bring us back in tune with the true and living God. You know what I mean? So let that be your mission, not to liberate and save black people. That is a part of this mission, a part of this goal. But the real goal is to get back, get us back in tune with, with God, whether you call it, whether you ascribe to African uh, spirituality or Islam or Buddhism or Christianity, you know, whatever your, your train of thought and your ideology is. We know we want to resurrect our people. We know we want to free our people. But what is freedom? Freedom is not just being able to walk up and down the street without the police harassing you. That's a part of freedom. But some of us don't ever deal with that and still ain't free. Absolutely. Some of us work, make $100,000 a year, drive nice cars. You know what I'm saying? Never have to confront racism and still ain't free. Freedom is in the mind. Freedom is in the soul. Freedom is in the heart. You know what I mean? So really, really going back to the base of, of what God represents, what God is. What's keeping the sun turning? What's keeping the waters flowing? You know what I mean? The higher sciences of the universe. That's where I'm at with it. They say, you know, I'm a part of the conscious community. No, I'm not a part of the conscious community. I'm striving for God consciousness. If you want to put me under a label, if you need to give me a label or be a part of an organization or a part of, that's what I'm about. Striving for God consciousness. You know what I mean? And supporting every and anybody, whether it's in the conscious community, whether it's, you know, whatever your train of thought is, helping you to get there to get with me so we can be free. Because that's what freedom is to me. I am so honored thank and you, thankful thank you. Thank for you. you being, for you having me here. You know, we said, you said 45 minutes and then you said, but you know, you can talk. Oh yeah. We done reached the hour mark okay, already. See, so he said he, he knows I can talk Yeah. and, um, you know, but hopefully I said something that's going to um, touch you wherever you are and to elevate you wherever you are. And if I've done that just with one person listening to this, then it was definitely worth it. Well, I want to go a step further. 
If you feel like she elevated your consciousness, make sure you go to her website. Make sure you subscribe to her YouTube and make sure you go get her book. Now, this is your first time here. Don't let it be your last. It won't. All right, and now this is my this is my brother, y'all. Raheem has shown me so much love over the past couple of years, and I'm not just talking about you know this whole I'm in elementary genocide part two. He invited me to be a part of that, but I'm talking about the stuff that people don't see behind the scenes when my back was against the wall, and when I when I really really needed support, this brother had my back. So outside of all of the, the awards and whatnot that he has and all of the accolades that he's gotten in the community, I know him to be who he represents himself to be in the public. Um, and that is a, a, a beautiful, beautiful human being and a, and a strong brother and a righteous brother. And I'm, I'm, I'm thank, glad you had me on the show, but I'm glad you my friend more than anything. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. And like she said, we have to raise the God conscious, no matter what religion, ideology you subscribe to. As for me, I subscribe to the teachers of the nation of gods and earth. And with that, I'm going to close in peace to the nation of gods and earth. Peace to the nation of gods and earth. Peace to the gods and the goddesses. Hotel to the African kings and queens. Assalamu alaikum to my Muslim brothers and sisters. Um, what? Uh, shalom. You know what I mean? Islam. Habarigani. Uh, Habarigani. Namaste. You know what I mean? Uh, whatever, Wherever you at. You know what I mean? We we want to reach you wherever you at and welcome you into the fold, you know, uh, so that we can we can get back to where we're supposed to be as a people.